A reading from the prophet Jonah, the first chapter. Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and call out against it, for their evil has come up before me. But Jonah rose to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. He went down to Joppa and found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare and went on board to go with them to Tarshish, away from the presence of the Lord. But the Lord hurled a great wind upon the sea, and there was a mighty tempest on the sea, so that the ship threatened to break up. Then the mariners were afraid, and each cried out to his God. And they hurled the cargo that was in the ship into the sea to lighten it for them. But Jonah had gone down into the inner part of the ship and had laid down and was fast asleep. So the captain came and said to him, What do you mean, you sleeper? Arise, call out to your God. Perhaps the God will give a thought to us, that we may not perish. And they said to one another, Come, let us cast lots, that we may know on whose account this evil has come upon us. So they cast lots, and the lot fell on Jonah. Then they said to him, Tell us on whose account this evil has come upon us. What is your occupation, and where do you come from? What is your country, and of what people are you? And he said to them, I am a Hebrew, and I fear the Lord, the God of heaven, who made the sea and the dry land. Then the men were exceedingly afraid and said to him, What is this that you have done? For the men knew that he was fleeing from the presence of the Lord, because he had told them. Then they said to him, What shall we do to you, that the sea may quiet down for us? For the sea grew more and more tempestuous. He said to them, Pick me up and hurl me into the sea. Then the sea will quiet down for you, for I know it is because of me that this great tempest has come upon you. Nevertheless, the men rowed hard to get back to dry land, but they could not, for the sea grew more and more tempestuous against them. Therefore they called out to the Lord, O Lord, let us not perish for this man's life, and lay not on us innocent blood, for you, O Lord, have done as it pleased you. So they picked up Jonah and hurled him into the sea, and the sea ceased from its raging. Then the men feared the Lord exceedingly, and they offered a sacrifice to the Lord and made vows. And the Lord appointed a great fish to swallow up Jonah. And Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. In the name of Jesus, amen. Why Jonah? I mean, we all like the story of Jonah and the big fish, or Jonah and the whales, it's often called, but why for Lent? Why spend our Lenten Wednesdays going through the book of the prophet Jonah? Well, for one thing, it is a good Lenten story. It is a story of rebellion and repentance. It's a story of God's relenting and our resentment. It's also a story of resurrection. Christ himself says in Matthew chapter 12, no sign will be given except the sign of the prophet Jonah. For just as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of the great fish, so will the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. 
but for another thing. The book of Jonah is also a good focus for Lent because from beginning to end, the story of Jonah is the story of God's unreasonable mercy. We see the unreasonable, extravagant, overwhelming mercy of God, both in the whole course of the story and also in each part. This evening, in the first chapter, we see God's unreasonable mercy on Jonah and indeed also on the sailors on the boat. The book, the chapter, begins with the word of the Lord coming to Jonah, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and call out against it, for their evil has come up before me. And Jonah's response to the word of the Lord coming to him is to rebel, to go away from the presence of the Lord, indeed to travel in the opposite direction of where God had told him to go. Why on earth would he do that? Well, Nineveh was the capital city of the Neo-Assyrian Empire. If you're not familiar with them, which I would understand, imagine a blend of the worst stories that you've been hearing coming out of Ukraine. Put them together with the worst atrocities of the Islamic State, and you'll have a picture of some of the milder aspects of how the Assyrians conquered their lands and maintained control over their empire. We have inscriptions on stone that have come down to us of them describing themselves what it was that they did to the people they conquered and to the lands that they overtook. And I couldn't find one where even a part of the description seemed appropriate to read to you with children present. So you can see why it is that God said to Jonah, go to Nineveh and call them out for all the evil that they have done. And you can also see a pretty logical reason why Jonah would have had no interest in going there. Drowning in the sea would be preferable to whatever tortures the pagan Assyrians might inflict on an Israelite prophet who called them out for their sins. And yet, here we see right away God's mercy on Jonah. That Jonah flat out rebels against the word of the Lord, and yet he does not perish. God has mercy on him. Indeed, even when Jonah is thrown overboard, doubtless thinking that he is now going to die, the Lord saves him even then, and he appoints a great fish to swallow up Jonah. And Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. In his mercy, God does not allow Jonah to keep going on his rebellious path unchecked. He stops him short with the storm and also preserves his life with the great fish. He works indeed to bring rebellious Jonah to the possibility of repentance. That's where our reading will pick up next week. And indeed, this is the whole reason for which God had desired for Jonah to go to the people of Nineveh in the first place, to call out their evil, that he wanted them too to be called to repentance. Not that they deserved it, not that they deserved a second chance, any more than Jonah deserved a second chance for God. But God is good, and his mercy endures forever. And that's not just something that we mindlessly repeat. It is an accurate and faithful description of what we see God doing with his people over and over again throughout the whole history of the scriptures, right down to you and me in this present day. That despite our sins and our rebellion against the word of the Lord, despite how we turn away and ignore, and even so often end up doing the exact opposite, the things that he has told us to do, that still God has mercy upon you.
not just for a second chance or even a tenth or hundredth, but rather, like Jesus said to Peter 70 times seven, God has mercy on you over and over and over again. In fact, God also had mercy on the sailors that were in the boat. Did you notice how when the the storm first started, how those sailors reacted? Their first reaction was to call out to a whole bunch of different pagan gods. And when they went to Jonah, it wasn't, well, we know you have the true God. It was, well, he has a different God than ours. We might as well give that one a shot too. And yet, when God delivered them from the storm, they feared the Lord exceedingly. And they offered a sacrifice to the Lord and made vows. God actually worked through the storm and indeed through Jonah's rebelliousness to bring these sailors to an encounter with him as the true God and to repent and to offer sacrifices faithfully to the true God. And so though Jonah had no intention other than rebellion against God, yet actually already here in this first chapter, even while we haven't yet seen Jonah repent, God is using Jonah even now to show forth the image of Christ. Because did you see how it played out there that all the people were perishing? And yet Jonah said, if you throw me over and I die, then the rest of you will live. And so Jonah was offered up to death, descending into the abyss of the sea for three days and three nights, so that those in the boat should live. And that is indeed your hope and mine what we cling to, that Christ our God has offered up himself to death, that he has been laid in the tomb for three days, so that we who had fled from the presence of the Lord, we who ignored his word and had rebelled against him, that we nevertheless should be saved from death and restored to his presence by Christ's sacrifice for us. For indeed, our sin too, like the sin of Jonah, is no mere mistake. It is fear, rebellion, It is turning away from God and seeking a different path. And yet, indeed, in Christ, God has mercy upon you. And so, as we begin this Lenten series of going through the prophet Jonah, we begin with our rebellion, with the rebellion of Jonah, rejecting the word of the Lord. And yet, in the beginning, as throughout the story and at the end, we see God's mercy. And even so, as we go through this Lenten season, we begin this Lenten season with prayerful and penitential reflection, confessing our sins, repenting of them, turning away. But we do so not in some kind of last-ditch effort that perhaps if we just do the right things, if we try hard enough this Lent, repent well enough, that then maybe God would have mercy on us. No, not at all. We repent. We have this season of Lent We confess our sins precisely because we know where Lent ends, in the death of Jesus for us, and that after three days, he rises from the dead. To him be all the glory forever and ever. Amen.